Oasis Church Chicago, Pastor J.P. Troyo here. So glad that you're joining us today on our podcast. You're about to hear a message today from our weekend encounter. Uh, I pray that this message uh, encourages you, inspires you, and pushes you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to stay on track with what's going on at the church, we'd love for you to download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, or visit us on our website, www.oasischurchchicago.com. I'm praying for you, we're believing for you, and we trust that God's gonna continue to do great things in your life. God bless you. Now here's the message today. Thank you, worship team. Anybody thankful that we can worship and praise our Lord? Amen. Amen. You guys doing all right? Hey, I know there's a lot of visitors. I know there's a lot of visitors here this morning. Let me just say welcome again to each and every one of you. Um, and those of you that are online, this is also where we have our online service too. So can we just welcome those that are online? Can we just welcome them by just letting them know we're here with them? But I wanna just say welcome again to, to all the new faces. Um, I may not be able to meet you guys today, but it's an honor and privilege to have you all here. Um, I, I wanna just say this at the forefront. Um, we love Jesus in this place. <laughs> we go crazy about Jesus in this place. Some of you are like, why are they raising their hands during singing? Are they asking questions? No. Um, some people would label us as some crazy people that are just worshiping and lifting, and I should say singing to a God that may not in your hearts seem to be real, but I'm here today to tell you that I know he's real. And he came as a person named Jesus, and as a 22-year-old that was lost and broken, caught in a whole bunch of addictions and bondage, that person, Jesus, showed up and met me. And I was reminded, excuse me, it's always awkward to cry in front of people, a lot of people, especially online audience, they're just probably killing me on the chat right now. This guy's super emotional. But he just radically transformed me. My story could be the same story for you. I put down my arms and fists, I just surrendered. I surrendered to a love that I never had felt before. Oh man, I tried every form. I tried everything to fill that void, that, that, that pain, that, that hole. And it was only in the recognition and the acknowledgement that Jesus Christ is Lord, Savior, and King, and he came to this earth. He gave up heaven. Come on, I ain't giving up heaven for any of y'all. I love you. <laughs> I'm staying in heaven. I ain't leaving that place. He gave up heaven for every single one of you, no matter what you've done, no matter what you're going to do, no matter how your life has been, no matter what religion you have been a part of, whatever, whatever you've known about religion, we're not about religion in this place. That is man-made. We are about a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and his name is Jesus today. So no matter where you're from, no matter who you are, you have a place here. You are welcomed here. No matter what you believe, no matter what you're going through, the grace of God is big enough to transform you. We believe that in this place. And so it's an honor and it's a privilege to have each and every one of you here. I believe lives are gonna be transformed today. They already are. And um, I believe God's gonna continue to do a work. Amen? I'm gonna sit, is that all right? Some of you are like, why is he sitting? Has he got something serious to say? Maybe. I wanna just real quick, to those that are in the house of Oasis, um, Reuben mentioned our fast that's happening. We're gonna be fasting, so starting August 31st, it's a Monday. Um, so next Sunday, I'm gonna be talking about fasting. I'm gonna preach on it. Do not miss it. 
right? I told you what our sermon's gonna be, so you're like, I can catch it. Do not miss it. Um, come. We're gonna talk about fasting and what the importance of it is, but the 31st through that, uh, through that Sunday, the 6th, if you call Oasis home, we are going to fast and pray. What fasting is, it is giving up a physical substance that feeds our bodies to depend and solely press into the supernatural presence of God that feeds our heart, our soul, and our mind. We are giving up food. How many of you know that is not an easy thing to do? Come on, man. It is not easy, and it is a spiritual practice and discipline that I believe in. I believe more than ever that fasting and praying, Scripture talks about how important it is that we are going to fast and pray not to get anything from God. Sometimes we say, you fast to get something, and that's okay, like, fine. But we are fasting just to get closer to the Father. We're just gonna fast as a church body to say, you know what, God, we want all of you, none of us. We wanna get rid of everything that's in us that does not give you glory, and we want your glory to fill us. So I wanna encourage you guys to come with us on that journey. If it's just a lunch, great. We're gonna have prayers in the morning, in the midday, in the evening. It's gonna be a blessed time, and so I wanna encourage you guys to, to come along in that. Even if this is your first week, why not just join the church and get crazy and fast? said no one ever. <laughs> like, I just came here, I'm not fasting. I wanna encourage you, join with us if you've been coming, and that's uh, gonna be a special time. All right, amen? 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 Got your Bibles? If you can open them, if you can read them in this place, maybe your phones, get your phones out. Turn to Daniel chapter seven. Daniel chapter seven, I'm gonna talk about an Old Testament book of the Bible. Um, if you've never been to church before, if maybe you've heard some books of the Bible, Daniel is an incredible book in the Old Testament. It is written by Daniel, this young man that is an absolute legend of the faith. This man um, was in captivity. He was called to captivity at a young age. It's a whole backstory to it, but he was a man that was just, he just lived in reverence and, and fear of who Yahweh was, God, God. He, he did not waver in his commitment to God. He did not bow down to anybody. Um, you all maybe heard of Daniel in the lion's den. Some of you, even if you didn't grow up in church, you've heard that story before. And so Daniel is a man that consistently and time after time went after God and did not care about the world around him, was telling him to do what, what the world around him was saying to him, what the world around him was doing. He was in Babylon. Can I just give you guys a quick history lesson on how terrible Babylon? It could not touch what we are part of today. How crooked, how divisive, how crazy, how, how wicked, how evil. Babylon was a crazy place and Daniel was in that place in space and he stayed committed to God. And so we've been studying this book of, uh, of Daniel and we've been going through a series called Culture Influencers, right? Two buzzwords that are big today. I want to know what the culture's doing. I wanna know what culture's all about. I wanna do it for the culture. All the young people know what I'm talking about. I wanna be about culture. I wanna just do whatever way the culture's going, I'm gonna go that way because that's gonna make me. I also wanna influence, I wanna be an influencer, I wanna tell people what's up, I wanna tell people how great I am. I want my Instagram to just blow up and be huge and massive and get the blue check mark. Not all bad, but it's the posture of the heart of how we're doing it. And Jesus never came and died for us so that we could get back into the world that we have been set free from. Jesus came to die so that we could break off of the world that we have been set free from and live set apart from the world that we are a part of today. That's a lot, is that okay? Jesus' blood came to give us freedom and victory and power. And so, so this series has, has been really impactful. I encourage you to go read the book of Daniel um, and check it out. But this message, I'm just gonna set us up. This is a faith-building message, okay? This is a faith-building message. I'm preaching on Daniel chapter seven, and this 
passage of scripture, this chapter of scripture, you could preach on this thing for a long time. You could talk all about sorts, different sorts of things that this uh, passage, chapter seven, means and what, it, what it's talking about. It's a prophetic dream. That's words crazy in the church sometimes. Prophetic, what's going on? Are you guys nutcases? Yeah, we believe the Bible, so we're nuts. Uh, like the prophetic's real and Lord gives wisdom and, and dreams and visions to people to speak. And, and so Daniel gets a dream. And this is a dream that actually happens actually before the previous chapters, but Daniel, how he sets the book up, it's just interesting, he talks about all the dreams and visions other people had, and then he goes into writing about his dreams and visions. So Daniel chapter seven's talking about this dream that he has, and this dream, if you read the Bible in this chapter, this is a crazy dream. It's so crazy that Daniel awakes from the dream and he is shook. You ever been shook? Like, you can't move, just stuck, like, I just imagine Daniel woke up and was just like, what did I just witness? What he witnessed was a supernatural insight into how the kingdom of God works. He saw the kingdom of heaven, but he saw the war that was raging in the midst of the kingdom of heaven prevailing. Okay, you with me? I know these words, these, these are all like, what are you talking about, Pastor? Daniel chapter seven, verse 27. I titled this four verses one, culture influencers, four verses one. Daniel seven, verse 27 says this. Then the sovereignty, power, and greatness. So this is the end of the, the, the passage of scripture. I'm just giving us the end. We're not gonna get through all of Daniel seven, but I want you guys to catch this. Then the sovereignty, power, and greatness of all kingdoms under heaven will be handed over to the holy people of the most high. His kingdom, his, he's talking about God. What God? The God of creation. Not some God of, of an unknown statue or of some, uh, of some religious thing. No, the God of creation, the one that knit you together in your mother's womb, the one that put you perfectly together in your mother's womb, the one that did not make a mistake with you, did not fail on you, has never let you down, has actually the one that gives you breath in your lungs. He's talking about that God. You with me? The God of the word, the God of truth. It says his, his kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom. Come on, everyone say everlasting, whether you believe it or not. Just participate. It's a lot more awkward. It's a lot less awkward. And all rulers will worship and obey him. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Culture influencers, four verses one. Many of you know this, that if you come to church here, I, I played soccer all my life and I played soccer in college. And um, we, we, we had oftentimes different drills to help us get prepared for the games. And, and one of the drills that was always an interesting drill was this idea where you had four guys in a square Right, so just bear with me, even whether you hate soccer or not, this is, this is gonna help you, I promise you. You all with me? So, so, so there was a square, right, and there was four guys that were called the offensive players. And then there was one guy that was dropped dead center in the middle. And he had to get the ball from the other four players. You with me? All you soccer non-fans, right? They had to, he had to steal the ball from those four individuals. And I, I loved when we had rookies come in, and I was a little bit more of a veteran. We roasted those kids. We loved having that drill. Why did I love being a part of that drill? Because I didn't have to move and run around. I could just stand still and let them make the mistakes. What happens is, is oftentimes you would pass, you know, you're passing the ball around. What happens is, is you get in the middle as a defender, you, you, just, you just hope that they make a mistake. You, you hope that they turn the ball over. You hope that some way, somehow, you are gonna make a move just one little time and you're gonna catch the ball. The reality is, is that you end up ball chasing. You end up just moving a whole bunch around and you get tired, you get worn out, you get frustrated, you feel fatigued, you feel like, oh man, I'm never gonna get this thing. You feel overwhelmed. I remember a coach early on telling me, hey Jay, stop ball chasing. 
Stop running around. Actually, go play some defense as an offensive player. What he meant by that is take it to them. Actually start taking the fight to them. Don't wait for it to come to you. Start making some pressure. Start advancing. Start moving forward. Actually, as you move closer to one individual with the ball, you made his, his, his window of passing smaller. They, they were actually caught. They were like, oh, I don't know what to do, and they had to make a, a quick decision. And no, most of the time, I would get out of that circle quicker. I would be less frustrated. I would feel like, man, you know what? I can actually do this. How does this have anything to do with Daniel chapter seven? Let me tell you. I believe, I feel, and I sense that we as church, as the church of Jesus Christ, believers, everyone that has, has said yes to Jesus, why I feel there's a sensing today more than ever before that we are like, oh man, we're just on defense. And we're just getting frustrated. And we're ball chasing. And we're getting tired. And we feel, maybe, maybe, maybe it's just me, anybody want to just come along? We feel like the other four, the, 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 the things of this world are advancing on us and we are just sitting back taking the hits. We are sitting back feeling like, man, we are worn out, tired, weary, and I'm just sitting there like, man, I can't chase this thing. I can't do this thing. I can't, I'm giving up hope. I'm here today to remind us of one simple truth, and this is this. God's kingdom reigns and his kingdom forever will reign. Oh. His kingdom reigns. Forever God's kingdom reigns. We are not a part of a kingdom where we are running around having to be frustrated. I'm standing, this is the 11 o'clock, you guys are more awake. This is not, we are not a part of a kingdom if we have been grafted in, if we believe that, if we have been grafted into God's goodness and his grace, if we have said yes to Jesus, we now get the name and the title sons and daughters. Come on. I'm so grateful that I'm a son of Jesus. Oh man, praise the Lord. We, we are part of a kingdom now that is never gonna fail that's never gonna get tired, that's never gonna run out of love, never gonna run out of peace, never gonna run out of joy. We are part of a kingdom today, church, where we now are called to take the fight to this place. Do you mean fighting, pastor? I thought you guys were supposed to about peace. We are. I'm not talking about lifting hands and fighting and keyboard killing people. You know what I'm talking about. I'm fighting for the kingdom. No, you're just being ridiculous. Doesn't click with anybody? No? Okay. <laughs> we think we're fighting all these different fights and we're doing it for the kingdom and actually God's like, no, 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 no. I've called you to go take this fight with love, with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. When your neighbor persecutes you, guess what you do? Go love them. Go share a meal with them. Go invite them over for dinner. When that person gossips about you, you don't go gossip back. You go, hey, I love you. I'm for you. What's up? Let me, let me just talk to you for a second. You with me, church? This is the 11 o'clock church. I might not get to my message. I might get to my message. Some people need to hear this. If you are a part of the kingdom of God, we are called to take this thing to the world. We are called to be the messengers of Jesus. And I see Daniel's dream, and I know this dream is about many people, and I, and I believe it's about what was to come and what, what is to come, right? It was about Jesus coming to earth, and it's about what will happen in this earth. But I believe there's some simple truth here about what we're supposed to do. We are supposed to be light to this world. Light to this world. A, a pastor said it recently, you know, Scripture says, you are a light to the world, right? It doesn't say, we think it says, you are supposed to be a light to the church, Right? I've read it before, like, I'm just supposed to be a light to you all. No, 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 it says be a light to the world, right? So a pastor said it best, and I love it. He said, he said this, hey, if the world's getting darker, 
and darker, then maybe the church is not shining. If we look at this world and we're like, every news story, every article, every Instagram post just looks crazy. And what it is, and it is. It is. It's nuts. This is crazy. But we as individuals that are following Jesus Christ, we have a light. And we are called to go into this world and light this place up. Yeah, that'll preach. That's some crazy language there. You know what I mean by that. Shine your little light of mine. We are called to go and be light to this world. I, I said it often when we were moving here, and I have a, I have a picture of it that I, I just felt like the Lord said to me when we were coming to plant this church that Chicago looks bright. I still believe that to this day. How many of you believe that? In the midst of everything that's happening in the city, in the midst of all the chaos, all the darkness, all the, all the, the, the division and that pain, Chicago, because we are here, still looks bright. Amen? I believe the suburbs of Chicago look bright. I believe Southern Illinois looks bright. I believe Illinois looks bright. <laughs> Some people are like, I live in Indiana. <laughs> That's a joke. That's a terrible joke. I believe that God's kingdom reigns. And his kingdom forever reigns. Just like Daniel saw he saw Jesus. And in that moment, Daniel had a dream about these four different kingdoms that would rise up. And he, and he saw these beasts that would come out. And I want to talk about it in a sec. But if, if we are going to influence, guys, if we're going to do this thing of being cultural influencers, better yet, just, just, just being people that are called disciples of Jesus. Maybe I should have called this series Disciples of Jesus. If we're gonna influence, we have to know we are influencing for a kingdom that is above all other kingdoms. It's a simple truth, Pastor. Tell me more. I think we've forgotten that. I think we as believers, I'm talking to believers in this room. If you are not, you don't, you said, you, you may be in the room and you're like, I don't know who Jesus is. We'll, we'll take care of that in a few moments. But if we call ourselves believers, then we gotta get our minds fixed and our eyes fixed upon Jesus knowing his kingdom will never be destroyed. And we are part of that kingdom. And we are here to move and to live and to have our being, but we are here to do it among being sons and daughters. And so we're not having to worry anymore about this world overtaking us. I think the church has been like, lock the doors, shut the handles, close everything down, just shut it all down, get in your house, be safe. That was what we were never called to do. Amen? All the, all, like, like we were never called to sit back and just enjoy the time and just, 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 just make sure nothing bad happens to me. Make sure nobody does, doesn't, doesn't say something about me. Make sure that I don't get any sort of flack for saying I love Jesus. No, the reality is, is that I'm a part of kingdom that, that radically changed my life. No other person, no bottle, no lady, nothing could ever heal me or set me free the way that Jesus did. So I know that I'm a part of an everlasting kingdom and I pray the same faith and hope and just confidence today that you are a part of a kingdom. It may seem like there is four on one, but I would rather be that one with Jesus with his spirit that raised him from the grave, that raised him in his same spirit that's in me, I would rather be the one than be the four. And I believe this is what's happening. God is moving, God is speaking. So today I just wanna remind us that God cares for us in this situation. Can I tell you guys something? This is your first time. I believe this wholeheartedly. 
God cares and know exactly what situation you're in today. He knows every hair on your head. Every hair. He knows exactly where you are, what you're battling with, what you're caught in. Man, he, he knows the things that nobody else knows about you. And he's whispering today in your heart, saying, I'm, I'm, I'm here for you. I wanna just say this, because I, I do sense this. If someone in this room, man, is just bound by an addiction today, God knows, and he's not pointing the finger. He's actually doing this to you. This is not in my notes. Because this is the kingdom I'm a part of. That he sees you in your situations. He sees you broken, he sees you hurting. He sees you with a mind that is absolutely raging with chaos. And in this stillness, he's saying, come here, come, to, come, come, come into my kingdom. Let me show you the peace that surpasses all understanding. Let me show you freedom in Jesus' name. Is this all right, church? I wanna share, I wanna remind us today that God's kingdom is higher, stronger than any other earthly kingdom. Know that God's in charge and directs the course of history. I wrote that last week. I, I had this message. For, I, said, I said, I know that God is in charge and he controls the course of history. You know what it did for me? <sighs> How many of you think that sometimes God is not in charge of what's going on here? I'm the only honest one today. I see some people in the, okay. Sometimes I'm like, God, you have no control over what's going on here. You have no control. And I typed that this week and I was just reminded, he's in control. He's in charge and he runs the course of history. I'm getting somewhere, don't worry, I'm getting somewhere. He, he's the most high, he's, he's sovereign and he is shaking the things that need to be shook and he is establishing the things that need to be established today. He did it then in, in Babylon and he's gonna do it again. He is saying, hey, 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 if you are gonna call yourself a follower of me, I'm going to shake off everything that is on you that does not bring me glory, does not bring me honor, and I'm gonna make you steadfast, secure, strong, courageous, and bold because I am doing a work here and I need the church, I need my bride to come with me where I'm going. So Daniel has this dream, and it's a radical dream, and it's a, it's a moment where if you read this passage of scripture, it's absolutely nuts. This is a piece of scripture. You don't think the Bible's interesting? Go read Daniel 7. Daniel has a dream of, of four different beasts. Beasts that are absolutely like, if you think about it, if you genuinely think about it, like how crazy these beasts are. And so I wanna teach us just two things today. Can I teach us two things? Cool. The first is this, that we have to remember, and I get this from this, is that earthly kingdoms will rise up. Even today, Earthly kingdoms will rise up. Daniel sees this dream about four different kingdom, beasts and what those beasts are, they represent kingdoms of that time. Many theologians believe this, we all agree with this, that, that these kingdoms were, were, were what happened before Jesus came. Can I teach some Bible? Is this okay? The first one is, is the, the lion with wings of an eagle and that represents the Babylonian king, the kingdom that took Daniel and his three homies and all the people of Israel into captivity. The next is the bear with three ribs in his mouth. That, that represents the Medes and the Persians kingdom. The, then the third was a leopard with four wings. How many of you ever seen a leopard with four wings? Nobody, don't put your hand up, you would be lying. Pastor, one time I was this, never mind. I'm so glad we got a church filled people that understood what I was about to say. The leopard with four wings, it was the kingdom of Greece and Alexander the Great and it represents him and how he, his kingdom was dismantled. And then there's the fourth beast in Daniel 7, 7 that, that was strong and had an iron teeth and it crushed and devoured its victims and it trampled underfoot. This beast was massive and strong and that would represent the Roman Empire. 
So all these beasts were talked about in Daniel's dreams and it was all culminating and leading up to the moment of Jesus where Jesus would come and he would overtake, not in a sense of the way we think, but he would come by his love and by his grace and he would overtake. But it shows us, even in the midst of Jesus and even believe it today, that there are gonna be earthly kingdoms that are rising up. There are man-made kingdoms that are rising up. Oh, I don't care, Pastor Dave said it best last week and I hope you heard his heart. Like, if you're putting your stock in a party, you're believing in a man-made kingdom. Okay. He says it, everyone's like, <laughs> preach. I say it, everyone's like, how dare he? <laughs> no, 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 no. If you put your stock in one party or the other, you're putting your hope in a man-made kingdom. I'm not telling you not to pray. I'm not telling you to vote. I'm not telling you anything. Do that, please. But make sure your kingdom first is aligned to Jesus Christ. Okay? Okay? If you don't think earthly kingdoms rise up and are made, just, just, just take a look at the world, take a look at power, take a look at greed, take a look at wealth, take a look at all the things that are controlling and ruling different things. Those are man-made earthly kingdoms. They will, they have, and they will continue to rise up. Will you fall to them? Will I fall to them? Man, some of the kingdoms that I'm talking about, just, just, just thinking about it this way, can I bring it home a little bit more? The kingdom of bitterness. <laughs> Is that a kingdom? It's a spirit. What the mess is going on here? <laughs> Bitterness, unforgiveness, harboring offense, being mad, anger, resentment. Those are things that are trying to rise up to steal you, kill you, and destroy you. This is good news, Pastor. Thank you so much for the encouraging word. I want us to get our vision aligned here about like, hey, there are things that are in this world that are trying to take over, trying to bring you under, trying to put you under. There are, there are, there are kingdoms that, that, and spirits of, of evilness and wickedness that are saying, hey, come over here. Come over here. Do what the world's doing. Act the way that the world's doing. Do, do, do everything that you see the world doing. Come do this because this will heal you. This will help you. This will restore you. No, it will not. It will leave you more broke. <laughs> more empty, more less satisfied. Is that even a, is that a word? Like less satisfied. It will actually make you feel like, man, I have, I, I have nothing left. That is the world's schemes. That is Satan's schemes. Satan even actually tempts Jesus. Let's bring it to New Testament. Come on, Pastor Jordan, can you just fill the room with, with me? This is gonna sound really good. See how much better I sound? I sound so much more holier. Brothers and sisters, let me tell you about Jesus in the wilderness. What am I doing? Is this okay? Well, you can have fun in church, right? Church should be the most fun place you are a part of. If you don't think that kingdoms are still rising up, Satan tempts Jesus. He gets led out to the wilderness. He's about to start his ministry. There's a whole bunch there that I could talk about. Satan gets Jesus to this edge of this mountain, and it's very high. And he says in Scripture that he shows him all the kingdoms of the world. So the evil one, the deceiver, right? Because that's when you think of Satan, just think deceiver. That's all he's doing. He's just deceiving us constantly. 
And so he, he gets Jesus and he says, hey, look at all these kingdoms. I own all this. I have all this. I will turn this over to you if you just worship me. And Jesus is like, I love it. He said, be gone, Satan. <laughs> scripture. He just said, be gone. Jesus understood, hey, there's earthly kingdoms that might be out there that you're trying to give me. I don't want any part of it. I know who's in control. I know who's in charge. I know who has more love and more grace and more peace and more kindness than any kingdom that will ever rise up. I know who's gonna win this battle in the end. I know who has the victory in his hand. So Jesus looks at him and says, hey, 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 this kingdom might try to deceive me. This kingdom might try to steal your identity from you. Come on, let me just say this. I said this in the first sermon of this series. I said, if the world can steal your identity, they will control you. Hold on to the identity of being a son and daughter. Please. Oh, I wandered for years wondering what it felt like. I wandered for too long going, man, I just felt like an orphan. Man, hold on to your identity of being a son and daughter, not what the world has labeled you. You know, labels most of the times are just terrible. Labels are not who you are, except the label of Jesus Christ and what he's labeled you. That's the only label you guys need to know. When people say, who are you? Just say, I'm a son. It's super awkward. But, but they will try to steal your identity. They will promise you help and healing. Like, like these kingdoms rose and came up and they, these, these different empires rose up and I'm sure all the people were like, yes, this is finally the one. This is the one that's gonna fix everything. This is the one that's gonna help us. And all along, they were just gonna destroy each other. It's the same thing today. There's earthly kingdoms that are rising up among us today that are looking really good. And really promising, if I just put my stock in that kingdom, it's gonna fix me, it's gonna heal me, it's gonna deliver me. It's the same thing for Daniel, it's the same thing for us today. But the good news is, is we have Jesus. You okay? Is this okay? So, so, so knowing that we have Jesus, because I just, I love talking about Jesus. I wanna give us the hope for today. That in the midst of everything going on today, in the midst of all that we, we've all talked about it, we've been a part of it, I, I actually thought we were in the month of July in the first service. I was like, in, the, in July, and everyone's like, we're in August, Pastor. I was like, praise the Lord. I feel like I've been in quarantine for 17 years. Like, like in the midst of everything happening, I get from Daniel, and I hope you get this. I hope if you walk out of here with anything else, get this. That God's kingdom reigns. The kingdom of heaven has prevailed and will continue to prevail. Simple, but so hard. Oh, it's such a simple, typed out, easy thing. Sounds really good. Comes off the tongue real nice. But it is super hard to live by and to remember. I wanna remind us that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven has prevailed and will continue to prevail. The worship team can come on up. In verse 13 of Daniel, chapter seven, Daniel says this, in my vision at night I looked and there before me was one, of, was one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient of days, which is God the Father, and led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshiped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. Do you hear that? His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. 
Daniel sees the dream of Jesus, and he sees that the kingdom of Jesus will prevail, has prevailed, and will continue to prevail. It will never be destroyed. It will never be let down. In the midst of man-made kingdoms, the Most High will rule and reign forever. You know what this does for me? This puts a surge of like, woo! Even in the worst days, I'm like, yes! <laughs> My God has reigned, and he will continue to reign, and I am a part of that family. Oh man, I get a seat at his table. I don't have to sit in the midst of sinners and mockers, and I'm not talking about people, I'm talking about wickedness and evil that I used to choose. I get to sit with the King of kings, with the Lord of lords, with the great I am. His kingdom has prevailed and will continue to prevail. The papers have been served. You ever seen in a movie or ever been somewhere where you got served papers? It's not fun. It's not fun. I believe the cross and that tomb served. I know it's true. I don't believe it. I, I, I know it. It served hell papers. It said, you're done. You're done. You know what you have though? You have a choice. I love God because he gives us dignity. You know that? He gives us dignity of choice. He's not, a, he's not some up there with pulling the levers, <laughs> right? Anybody thankful for that? Like he says, I'm gonna give you my son. It's gonna be up to you to choose if you want it or not, but I'm still for you. I'm still running after you. I'm still pursuing you. I'm still chasing you down. He gives us choice. A choice to be a part of the kingdom that will prevail forever. Okay, so pastor, why do all these bad things happen? Why are we in this world today where it seems crazy and chaotic? Why, why, why? Because of sin, because of choice, because of evilness and wickedness. But I was talking to a mentor today, uh, not today, early this week, and um, he gave me an example that actually Stuck with me. You, you all like history? Anybody like history? I was, I was having lunch with a guy here. I'm a big history and, and reading guy, not math and science. Me and math don't go well together at all. Like, at all. So I love history. My father-in-law is a history teacher. We talk a lot about this stuff, but, you know, in World War II, D-Day, right? Anybody know what D-Day was? <laughs> I hope. <laughs> Some kids are like Googling it. <laughs> D-Day was in World War II, the moment where we rushed the beaches. They, the, the troops stormed the beaches of, uh, and took over and began to advance upon. They became now the one that was taking the fight to them and they started advancing upon the beaches and started taking over and taking over and they won that major battle. You advance though to history a few moments later then there was VD-Day. Victory Day. But in between that time, there was a lot of battles, there was a lot of war fights, there was a lot of loss, there was a lot of pain, there was a lot of trouble, there was a lot of sorrow. But, but, but people believe, many historians believe that in the moment of, of D-Day, the German army knew they lost. They saw that beach that they thought nobody could ever penetrate, nobody could ever touch, taken over, right? And in that moment, they said to one another, many people believe it's recorded, we are in trouble. We have lost. But we are going to throw everything we can. And what happened? Victory eventually came. 
well, pastor, why are you giving us a history lesson? D-Day, the cross, and the empty tomb. The victory was won in that moment. He does not need to do another sacrifice for us. He does not need to do another thing for us. He won the victory. He took death and grabbed it and said, anybody that calls upon my name will live in Jesus' name. D-Day is that bloody cross the blood of Jesus Christ that was poured out, the tomb that is now empty, that was sealed up and broken open three days later. It is now D-Day. So what happens then in between? Life in the world that we are part of. To what? To the V-Day when Jesus Christ is gonna return for his king, for his kids, when Jesus Christ is gonna come back. So guys, so this isn't, oh man, I don't think this is catching. I hope this catches because this should stir some faith in you. The victory has been won. So while we're in the process of awaiting, we all have one thing in common. We all gonna die. Welcome to church, I love you all, it's awesome. We are gonna face death one day. So if we face death in the midst of that or until Jesus returns, we need to hold on to the fact that the victory has been won and the final victory is coming because the kingdom of God has prevailed, will prevail, and forever will prevail. There is no other kingdom that will ever conquer the kingdom of Jesus Christ. He has given us all authority, all power, all the grace, all the mercy, everything we need to walk this thing out in the midst of this world, in the midst of this culture, and be light, and be salt, and to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Come on, church, stop acting like we just gotta sit down on our hands. Get out there and love your neighbor. Serve your neighbor. Give your hands to people that are in need. Come on, with the victory's been won for us. And the victory is coming. The final victory's coming. Scripture talks a lot about who we are now, that, that, that the kingdom of God will prevail. Colossians 1, is this okay? You all right? Sure? I'm just filling right now so I can take a sip of water. Cheers. Colossians 1, 9. I love this passage of scripture. I'm gonna read it. You with me? I'm gonna read it. This is the kingdom of God. This is the kingdom. So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will. You wanna know what you're supposed to do and who God is? Ask him. He will give it to you, I promise you. And to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. And your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. Come on, church, we need our lives to produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so that you will all, so you will all have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy. God's kingdom is about joy even in the midst of persecution and pain. Can I just say this? I said it in the first service, I'm gonna say it again. We as believers need to stop walking around like this. Jesus loves me. I get bad days, I've had them. I've had, I just had a couple. <laughs> when I'm walking around like, oh Jesus, where you at? I love my wife, she's like, yo! He paid for your life, pick your head up! 
I'm like, yes, ma'am, I love you so much. You're the best wife ever. We just celebrated six years yesterday. Come on. Hey, you all need to thank God that she's still with me. Praise the Lord. We walk around like this. There's no victory. The world's overtaking us. Look at this chaos. Look at this confusion. It's just getting darker and darker. No, my king is seated on his throne. My king won the battle. I have everything I need in Jesus Christ. Come on, this takes Christians from just being on the sidelines to actually getting in this thing and going, you know what? I can have joy through every storm, through every trial, through every circumstance. I can still have faith and trust and hope that my God is good and my God is for me and my God is with me. Always thanking the Father, Scripture says. Have joy in all ways, but also thank the Father. How many times are you thanking the Father throughout your day? He has enabled you to share in the inheritance. I ain't getting an inheritance from my parents. I love them to death. They tell me all the time, we don't have anything. I'm like, I bless you in Jesus' name. You know who I am getting an inheritance from? King Jesus, and it's the <laughs> Who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness, the kingdoms of this world. He has rescued us and transferred us transferred, made that bank, just transfer the money over, just right over into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself. We go and influence and tell this world that we have been reconciled to the Father and they can as well. Through the death of Christ in his physical body, as a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy. You want me to say that again? You are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. We have been brought into the kingdom that will never end. We have been brought into the kingdom that will never die. We have been brought into a kingdom of love. You may have been an orphan before, but you are adopted now. You may have been broken before, but now you are made whole. You have may felt lost before, but you can be found and you have been found in Jesus. You could feel left and abandoned and broken, but Jesus came to give you life, to make you whole, to give you peace. You could have chaos in the midst of it happening right now, but you could have supernatural peace in the midst of the storm. You could feel like you have been just absolutely just left, but you have not been left. You have been called by him to be a son and a daughter of the king. A son and daughter of the king.